Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm. I am so happy that you are here with us today. Uh, whether you're listening on KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, or KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. And I have in the studio here with me, Thaddeus Romanski. Who good may, morning, Gene. Good morning. And we have somebody else sitting in the background. Who is that, Thaddeus? That is our excellent student intern, Anna Villalobos. Hello, Anna Villalobos. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing pretty great. Yeah. She and is I a, didn't tell she's you a recent I... recipient of her Aggie ring, yes? yes wow. And I didn't tell you I was going to do this, so... I kind of surprised you, didn't I? You did a little bit. But I do that every now and then with things, with surprises, correct? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, you have a surprising sense of humor, too, Gene. Uh, Yes, that's what I've been told. It's always a surprise. You never know what you're going to get. Been driving Thaddeus nuts all morning. I've been, that's one of the jobs, uh, when Dennis wrote my job description, that was in there, but he didn't show Thaddeus that yeah, job I didn't, description. I didn't actually know that was part of your job description until just now. Yes. So that, that explains a lot. We have, uh, let's start out with our prayer to St. Joseph and a couple of uh, thoughts about St. Joseph. Let's do, because uh, it's the year of St. Joseph. The year of St. Joseph. Oh, blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of your chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God. I choose you this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor you all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly call on you to receive me as your adopted child, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain from me all the knowledge and love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. Okay, so I... Uh, you said you had some 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 thoughts about St. Joseph regarding his his humility and maybe your your lack of... your difficulty in measuring up to that standard. Is that what you're kind of well, saying? Well, a couple of things. Uh, the the St. Joseph uh, obviously uh, was very... a, a good... Husband and father, and I don't always—I don't believe I always lived up to the standard that Saint Joseph did. The other thing is that Saint Joseph was so humble. There is no recorded word of Saint Joseph in any of the Gospels, and yet—and maybe he didn't have the opportunity—but there was nobody that stuck up for him with any of the evangelists to say, you know, put in. He, he had all these words of wisdom for Jesus as Jesus was growing up. You, you need to tell folks about how how good he was. I'm not that humble either, as you quite well know. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if people haven't picked up on that yet over all these years, yeah, that's true. Um, I always think what, first on that, I I don't even know if there's any recorded words of his in some of the uh, non-canonical things, like the Proto-Evangelium of James, that 
deals with Jesus's early life. I don't even know if there's anything recorded there from in there I, I, from him. I'm not familiar with that at so, all. So, so that's that's quite astounding, you know, yes. th- when you talk about uh, the humility that that he possessed or insisted upon. I also like to think about the fact that we know he was a carpenter, right? Yes. And you know, maybe the incarnate Son of God, uh, as he got into his late childhood and teenage years, was in that carpenter's wor- workshop with Saint Joseph, and and you know, maybe he was saying. You know, I know how to do this, and he just was turning out a chair or a table without any instruction from St. Joseph. But it seems more likely to me that because of our Lord's great humility, that he probably put himself under the instruction and tutelage of St. Joseph. And so to think about when you ponder that relationship, that the divine Son of God incarnate in the flesh was standing aside and being taught and instructed and, and told, you know, you have to do it. You have to run it through the, uh, you know, you have to use the tools this way. And this is the kind yes. of wood that we select. And he humbly accepts that instruction from his foster father. Gosh, I mean, that is such a, such an inspiration and a, of, of how we, we need to be obedient, you know, because there are oftentimes, uh, and I'm a couple of years older than you are, as you are well aware that, I, I try not to talk about that. Okay. That that each of us has had somebody who was over us mm-hmm. in a position of authority That's right. that we thought were probably a lot less uh, intelligent or wise than mm-hmm. we were. And mm-hmm. that's very difficult. A lot less it? competent. Yes. Yeah. And we thought we could do the job better. And, uh, you know, how do we measure up in those situations? Did we, did we follow our Lord's example or did, were we prideful? Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good thing for examination of conscience, you know, for I've got, sure. I've got several saints of the day today, and I'm going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, I'm going to talk about a couple of them early, and we had St. Panara, Pankara, I'm sorry, Pankas? Pankras. Pankras. And uh, he, he... We went over this before I we know, went on the air, I folks. Know, and... but, but, but my tongue just doesn't wrap itself around some of these names very well. And I love it. Uh, he was, uh, I think he was beheaded in 304, and he was 14 when he was beheaded. So all of you young people out there, it's never too early to proclaim the gospel. And he obviously was beheaded for proclaiming the gospel, and somebody didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And in our day and age that we're living in right now, it is not a very popular thing to proclaim the gospel. And it may be a dangerous thing, if not physically, as happened to this saint, but also mm-hmm. uh, uh, socially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to you wanna really be uh, heroic and uh, do more than just virtue signal? Try, uh, try proclaiming the gospel yeah. publicly. The other uh, saints are uh, uncle and, and nephew, uh, St. Nereus and Achilleus. Uh, they were in the first century... Uh, the reason why the nephew was with the uncle is because the nephew had been orphaned. Mm-hmm. And my reading of what little history I saw of them is that the uncle brought him from the reaches of Asia to Rome. And they, again, were, uh, the uncle was a, a soldier. I don't remember whether the nephew was or not, but uh, they were converted to Christianity. And as a result, they were also martyred. But so this is a feast day of 
of three martyrs. Three martyrs. And then there's also the, the more obscure saint that I'm going to talk a little bit more about. Maybe not. I think I am. Uh, saint Dominic de la Calzada. And he was a, in Spain. And uh, he's one of those young men who, well, he was a, a hermit, for one thing, at, at one point in time. And he tried to join one religious order, and they rejected him because he was he was not up to their standards, apparently, sort of like some of the other saints, uh, like St. John Vianney and, and St. Joseph of uh, Capistrano. Um, you and I know that that feeling well in our life, right? Being rejected, <sighs> not being up to standards, not being up to snuff. Yes. Is that why this guy appealed to you so much? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but he was accepted by the Dominicans eventually. And uh, his great claim to fame is that he uh, made Did the Did he way. get into the Dominicans just because of his first name? Is that what they went with? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't go in the, the biography that I read. didn't really say much about that. Uh, but one, he had a great devotion to St. James and to San, San, Juan, what is it, San Juan Capistello. San Juan de Capistrano? This, the, the shrine to St. James in Spain, where his mm. bones supposedly mm. are. Santiago. Santiago. Santiago de Capistrano. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did everything he could to make that path for the pilgrims a lot better, including building a bridge. And uh, oh, so he's, okay. noted, he's noted for all the things that he did for that particular thing. Okay. So uh, to all of you young people here uh, at Texas A&M that I've talked to that are civil engineers, uh, this is your patron saint. Hey, now my father's a civil engineer, retired now, but yeah. he was a civil engineer. But, uh, so this is his patron. This is his patron. St. Dominic de la Calzada. St. Dominic de la, de la Calzada. Yes, you can say that a lot better than I can. Okay. Like I said, I, I have tongue problems. I wonder if I wonder if the De La Calzada is anything to do with Cal. Cal I think that's the area. Cal- where, I think that's where he came from. Okay. Okay. Anyway, there's a shrine to him there. Uh, the only other thing that I've really got to talk about today is that we've got summer upon us. We do. And uh, those of you who have children at home, they're going to be driving you crazy. Mm-hmm. The church provides a couple of things. For you to get the children out of the house for a, few, a week or so. Right? Wow. What is it called? Vacation Bible School? Vacation Bible School, yeah. And, and then there are assorted summer camps mm-hmm. uh, for your teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is usually a uh, Steubenville conference somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's the Pines Catholic yes. Camp, which I believe is it's, up and running again. Okay. Uh, I, I don't have the in- information on all those things, but you can probably look at parish bulletins around the area where you live for sure and get more information about some of the things that are happening mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also keep your calendars clear in june folks because red sea catholic radio is going to be we got a little something trick up our sleeves for uh for you in june can't say anything more than that right now but we got a little something coming for you so just well, it must be a big those calendars clear it must be a big treat because you've got on long sleeves today to hide that if you've got it up your sleeve. I do. I have to have I have these extremely long sleeves that are going all the way down to the floor. They kind of look like it's like a Dr. Zeus Seuss 
Zeus or Seuss style sweater that I have on mm-hmm. to keep that, that trick up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. What's going on with Red Sea other than that that you'd like to talk about today? Well, I just would like to give a friendly hello to any ladies who are listening that we uh, got a chance to speak to yesterday. Dennis and I went and made a presentation to the Brazos Valley Council of Catholic Women. They had their quarterly meeting at St. Anthony's. Uh, Kathy Court is their president. She invited us to come, and we had a delightful time uh, telling them about the the history of the station, its mission, what we do, how we are um, involved in our communities where we have radio stations and just our plans for the future. And then they let us eat lunch with them. We got to visit with them, and they um, they enrolled us into a Dennis and I personally. They enrolled into a, a year long um, prayer devotion through the uh, clerical endowment fund. Oh. So they they will be praying for Dennis and I and our our uh, you know vocation as custodians of the radio for the next year. So we hope that that is going to bear, we trust that that's going to bear great fruit for uh, the apostolate and all of its supporters. So that was that was really great. It's always fun to go out and, you know, meet with people in the community and tell them about what we do and, and hear their reactions and get their, get, hear their thanks. Because a lot of times you don't realize the difference that you're making for people. That's true. That's so true. Thank you all so much for listening and for letting us come talk to you, any ladies from the Brazos Valley Council of Catholic Women. And I will say there's when you spoke of vocations, it reminded me that uh, we have uh, a need to pray for our priests and our priests-to-be, mm-hmm. and that the, the bishop in his wisdom makes the right assignments for all the priests with the changes that will be coming up on the 1st of July. Mm-hmm. And uh, pray for the priests they are protected against the attacks of the enemy. Yeah, that's a very, very important thing because we know that he is, you know, prowling around. And I've got one last thing before we go to break. I ask you again, friends, if you have anybody that you know in your area or any other area that you'd like me to interview, please let somebody here at the radio station know. I'll be happy to interview just about anybody. Speaking of, who do we have coming up we on the other Dr. side of the break? We have Richard Cooey from... He's the Professor Emeritus of Biology at Baylor. All right, so we'll see you on the other side talking to Richard, Dr. Cooey, and uh, this is the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Gene Wilhelm, and I thank you all for listening. I want to welcome again all of our listeners on KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. 
Uh, if you would like to call us, my guest today is Dr. Richard Cooey. Uh, we'll introduce him in a minute. But if you have a question or a comment uh, for Dr. Cooey or just in general, give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-C. That's 855-683-7332. And I'd like to welcome Dr. Richard Cooey. You are a, a professor emeritus from Baylor. And you are you still teaching there? No, I'm not. I, I, I gave it up, and they threw a victory party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that. But it's, it, in one of the uh, uh, things that, that talked about, you said that you were a uh, professor of health, human performance, and recreation at Baylor University. That's kind of an all-inclusive type of thing, isn't it? Um, well, I, I taught anatomy. I taught physiology, biochemistry, research, and chemical nutrition. And you're still doing a lot of chemical nutrition stuff, and we're probably going to talk about that a lot more later on in the program. Is, is, is that not correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, you have a rather interesting career. You also uh, says here that you were a consultant for the Texas Rangers and the U.S. Olympic team, and I think you said you played baseball at one time, did you not? Yeah, I played professional baseball with the Chicago Cubs. Wow. Yeah. And you were and telling I actually coached uh, with Mickey Sullivan, our baseball coach at Baylor. They gave me one course reduction, so I coached the baseball team. Wow. That's that's great. You you must have been quite a player. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could throw a baseball 98 miles an hour. I could throw the ball through the wall, but I my problem was I couldn't hit the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some of us have that problem with with the gifts that God has given us that we don't seem to ever be able to quite keep them under control. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, we talked a, what a week or two ago, something like that, and you told me about what you're doing now. But I was curious. Uh, as a child, did you have any idea that you would be pursuing something like you're doing now? Or how, what was your path to get where you are today? Was, is it, was it an early childhood that you decided you wanted to get into, uh, say, biology and chemistry? Yeah, it was. I, was uh, I went to high school in about the seventh grade. My biology teacher in, was showing us how cells divide in a microscope, and he must have thought that I really liked to do that. And he came up to me and he says, uh, Dick, if you could tell me what's in one cell, how one cell works, you'd be the smartest man on earth. And I took his challenge, and man, I tell you, that, that challenge has made me read a lot and try to learn that. But I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm not smart enough to learn just how one cell works. Well, but there's only really one living uh, person that knows how that works, right? And that isn't that the guy, the guy that created <laughs> them in the first place. I, you what, I can't learn it. But it's beautiful. It's a, God has done a great job building that cell and how it works. And you know, he kind of bragged about it. He said. He just said the heavens and the earth was good, but he called this, the human body very good. <laughs> right. Well, what, what you went from high school. Where did you go to college, Dr. Cooley? I went to Baylor, and I played on a, 
baseball scholarship, and then I graduated from Baylor, and then I started playing pro baseball. And so I, I went to Texas A&M and got my doctorate degree uh, in physiology and biochemistry. Wow, that's quite a combination. Yeah, I used to study my biochemistry out in the bullpen with the players. <laughs> they called me a crazy man. <laughs> well, that, that probably that, and it was probably based on what I understand about the bullpen, it was not very conducive to study. <laughs> That's the funniest place on earth is the bullpen of a baseball player. <laughs> well, when, uh, when did you uh, – what years did you play baseball with the Cubs? I started in 1963, and I think I quit in about 69 or 8 or something like that. I can't remember the exact day. Yeah. So you, you got to play with some of the uh, classic players from the Cubs in the, in the, Cub, the years when the Cubs fans were uh, some of the most hopeful people on earth. Well, that's true. You know, this, this is what I'm having trouble understanding, you know, the children of Israel only wandered 40 years into the wilderness. Well, the Cubs won 108 before they won. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, so when you when you left the Cubs, uh, did you uh, did you uh, go immediately to Baylor, or what was the next step? Well, when I left the Cubs, I got my I went to work at Texas A&M, and uh, I was in. I worked in the lab that they had there, and and I got my Ph.D. there at A&M, and then I went to work at Baylor in 1970. Wow. Kind of showing my age, I know, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed that. The Lord opened that door, and gosh, I've had a great career and happy times with at Baylor. The students were great, and the faculty was great, and I just really enjoyed life being around people who love the Lord. I'm, I'm sure you did. And you you said uh, to me that you did a lot of teaching with uh, uh, people in pre-med uh, during your career at Baylor. And you, yeah, I had you a kinda... lot of doctors in my class, and I tell you, it's getting funny because I'm having to go to the doctor now every once in a while, and boy, they are getting me back. <laughs> They're saying, you remember that C you gave me in anatomy or something? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so when did you become uh, interested in doing what you're doing now? Let me, let, me, let me back up a little bit. Why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, what it is that you do right now? And uh, the reason uh, for our listeners, just so you're aware, one of his clients uh, suggested that I t get in touch with Dr. Cooey uh, to interview him because he's found what Dr. Koo is doing is so interesting and so helpful to him. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now for people? Well, what I'm doing right now is I study the chemistry in your DNA. And in the DNA strand, which, by the way, is about six feet long, and you have 100 trillion cells, so... Each cell has 1.8 meters or 6 feet of DNA in there, and your DNA would reach to the sun and back more than 200 times. So DNA is the name of the game as far as what the cell is going to do. 
and I've studied those four little sugar bases. T always goes with A, and C always goes with G. And if they alter, like T goes with G or C, then it's going to make the wrong enzyme, and the wrong enzyme is very responsible because it's responsible for every chemical reaction in the human body. So if you have an illness, it's going to be chemical, and the only thing that's going to cure it is another chemical. So that's that's what I've been studying is the chemistry in the DNA, and we've seen some tremendous uh, health benefits from that uh, because God – I had a – sign in my lab that said God is welcome here and he has shown me some unbelievable things uh, he showed me that the cruciferous vegetables are 12 of them and their seed shaped like a crucifix and I checked them out and boy they have all 70 repair enzymes that go up and down your DNA and tells old T to get back there with A. I guess they talk. I don't know. But, uh, you know, so wh- wh- what that's, are... that's the cause, is they make the wrong enzyme, and that makes the wrong chemical reaction, and that's what causes all illnesses. And so if we can repair that DNA in that certain cell, we can uh, make you much more healthier. What are some of those cruciferous vegetables that you were talking about that, that had the seed that, that has a, a, cr- a cross on it? Well, uh, cabbage is good. Broccoli, kale, turnips, asparagus. Uh, there, there's 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've put them in the mass spectrometer, and they have all 70 of the repair enzymes that I've found that will tell T to get back with A. So I think God wants us to eat those cruciferous vegetables because the enzymes in there are unbelievable healthy for you, the the repair enzymes. And uh, people are not eating uh, enough raw food, and heat will kill enzymes. And so if you cook the vegetables, it's not going to get the chemistry right because you won't you won't have any uh enzymes available mm-hmm. so you got to eat some raw food in your diet just to get your enzymes so, go, so we got to replace those enzymes daily so we sort of have to get back to uh early man before he discovered fire <laughs> that, might, that might be right gene <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listeners, uh, my guest today is Dr. Richard Cooey, uh, and, uh, 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 and I invite your phone calls. Give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. You folks in Central Texas there in the, in the Waco area, give us a call. You're listening on KYAR 98.3 FM. If you're here in the Bryan College Station area, you're probably listening on KEDC 88.5 FM. Or if you're in the Palestine area, you're listening on KINF 107.9 FM. And you can, you may be listening to us streaming live on RedSeaRadio.org. So give us a call uh, to, to be here with us and share in 
uh, the knowledge that Dr. Cooey has for us, because I, you probably have some questions like I do. For example, Dr. Cooey, you talked a little bit about diet, and I remember uh, that uh, that uh, I worked with somebody who considered herself a health food guru, and her. I said, well, what should I be eating? She said, basically, if it tastes good, spit it out. Now, you, we don't have to eat that way, do we? <laughs> Yeah, I tell everybody, I think God eats bluebell. <laughs> <laughs> but not a lot of it. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. So, so uh, Thaddeus had those cruciferous vegetables. Thaddeus, you want to get in and tell us what those are? Uh, sure, I can give a, a little bit, few more of them. Um, we've got uh, Dr. Cooey mentioned broccoli. We have uh, kale, he mentioned that. Collard greens, cabbage, he mentioned. Brussels sprouts. Um, remember your mom telling you to eat your Brussels sprouts? Arugula. Aru- I love arugula. I'm a big fan of arugula. Uh, cauliflower, um, yeah. turnips. Yeah. Wasabi. Really? Mm-hmm. Is on this list. Mustard seed. Now that's interesting mm-hmm. from a from a scriptural connection. Um, garden cress, watercress, radishes. So those are some of the more familiar on this list, which. This list on Wikipedia has kind of additional varieties of the of some of these major ones, so that's why it's longer than twelve, I would imagine, right, Doctor Doctor Cooey? Probably. Yeah, there. That's the only twelve that we we uh, put in the mass spectrometer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's what you're. That's what we're talking about here. Okay. Thank you, Thaddeus. So, in 1970, I'm, I'm, I don't know my biology history at all. In 1970, did we know about DNA? Uh, we found it in 1967. Uh, Dr. Watson, who was an American biochemist, and Dr. Click was a British uh, biochemist, and they, they found DNA. And that's kind of where I started my <clears throat> chemistry study of DNA. And uh, I've really enjoyed learning all about that as much as I can. It must it. It's obviously been a lifelong study because we oh. keep discovering things about DNA, do we not? Oh, we're still learning. I mean, nope, that's what I'm saying. Nobody knows. I, I, we got a technical problem, so let's see if we can get Dr. Cooey. It looks like we lost him. And oh, there he is. He's back. Whoops. Not sure what the problem is here. Hold on, Dr. Cooey. Uh, and while he's while Thaddeus is reconnecting with Dr. Cooey, I'm going to talk a little bit about. Oh, just a second, Thaddeus, I've got it here somewhere. Uh, Dr. Cooey is very humble, so but he's got a very great sense of humor. Uh, he, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that he's done as soon as we get him back on the phone. Uh, so, in the meantime. I would ask you again, friends, to give us a call. While we are at it, let's uh, let's all pray. Lord, just fix whatever the technical problem is that we have here in keeping our connection with Dr. Cooey. Just uh, thank you for his presence here, and I think we've got him back. Have we got you back, Dr. Cooey? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened. Uh, so we were talking about that the DNA was discovered in 1966, so you must have uh, just about the time— 
that you started at Baylor or even before you, while you were here at A and M, you must have right. uh, you must have been, had developed an early interest in this. Did we lose you again? I don't know what ha- I don't know what's happening here. So, Lord, you know what the issue is and what's going on. Ask that you would uh, get us connected with Doctor Cooey and let us keep connected with Doctor Cooey uh, while Thaddeus is going. One more time, uh, if you look, there's a list of books that uh, Doctor Cooey has has here uh, has written uh, that there are bunches of them and. Uh, one of them is the Treasures of Healthy Living, which is uh, no, that's it's one that has written on his work, but he has written a bunch of books that are are uh, on all of this thing. And he's he has a young uh, woman, Annette Reader, who has worked with his work uh, to uh, to get everything in updated form and consolidated. Uh, there is also. Uh, he also has a Bible study on that, and we'll get when we get him back on the line, and we'll try to keep him on the line. We will talk to him about some of those things. I think. Okay. Okay, we're back. So you <laughs> you you started studying uh, at Texas A and M uh, DNA. Yes, I did that. A and M had the greatest physiology department I've ever seen, uh, especially their vet school. The vet school had all kind of physiological machines that we could study. So, what what types of things? What did you discover early on that that you found so fascinating? Well, it it takes twenty two amino acids. And it makes 22 amino acids, and the amino acids form an enzyme. And there are over 20,000 enzymes. And when I started studying, there was one. <laughs> so you can see where I, I had a lot to learn. <laughs> yes. Well, did you make any discoveries on your own that you're noted for, or were you building on other people's work? No, I, I didn't. I, I just I just learned as much as I could about everything. I I tried to find the repair enzymes. I found a few of those, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of proud of that because that's what keeps us healthy is these repair enzymes. Okay, so let's talk about that. So, uh, how, how you're, what one of the statements you made basically is that almost all illness is because there's an some kind of an imbalance that that there aren't the right enzymes in the body and that that there are ways of getting around that and getting that fixed talk talk a little bit more about that if you would well uh let me just explain the cell to you just a little bit uh, okay uh the cell has a nucleus and inside the nucleus is the 23 pair of chromosomes and the 23 pair of chromosomes are made up of 30 to 40,000 different genes. And these genes can turn on and, well, inside the gene is your DNA. And it can, the, the cell can turn on 
the DNA, and uh, the T and the A. I'm having trouble. I'm hearing myself talk. Okay. We we got an echo. I'm sorry. What is it better now? Yes, a lot better now. Okay, thank you. I, I was I was hearing me talk, and I don't like to hear me talk. Well, I understand. <laughs> I have the same issue. <laughs> so what it happens is, is the DNA is in the gene, mm-hmm. and it takes the 22 amino acids and makes an enzyme. And now there, we found that there are about twenty thousand different enzymes uh, since we've been studying all this, and and it's I've been studying the repair enzymes that go up and down the DNA that tells O T to get back with A. Okay, so, so what what is repair it? enzymes? I think are the secret to health because every cell, whether it's a nerve cell or muscle cell or bone cell skin cell, liver cell, just different cells all have 1.8 meters of DNA in it. And that's the one, if if they go bad, the nerve cell, we call it Parkinson's and Alls and MS, things like that. It was in the bone cell, it's, you know, it's osteoporosis and things like that. So in the different cells, you have the different DNA uh, and they all have the same chemistry, every cell. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I like about it. And chemistry is an exact science, and that's what makes it so good. Okay. So, uh, is there an end? Do you is there one particular enzyme that our listeners might know about that they've heard of, or are they all obscure? Well, they all end in the A S E word. <laughs> A's, you know, but all but the first one. The first one was uh, pepsin. I don't okay. know if you ever heard of that. Yes. That breaks yes. down protein. And yes. That's some of the enzymes. Okay. Some of them are real long words. Nobody remember it. <laughs> so. But you've you've written a lot of books. I was going to mention those, and I looked at a, a list uh, right before we went on air. Like uh, some of the titles are like Building God's Temple. Happiness is being a physically fit Christian. Uh, nutrition for God's temple. Uh, fit to serve Him longer and better. And then there's some others that you've written that uh, you have a Bible study that you have also done about this same topic. Is that? Uh, but I don't have that one in front of me right now. Well, I've I've actually I think I got my name on thirty six books. Some of them are co authors, so but you know, but I I like to write and try to explain God's greatest creation of the human cell. And I think that uh, when I was a young man, I was won to the Lord by Alvin Dark. He used to be a, a professional baseball player and oh, yes. manager, and uh, he told me the last thing he told me he says dick i want you to serve god as long and as best you can and i think that's going to be my philosophy all my life uh i I think there's two important decisions a person's got to make he's got to believe that jesus is the son of god that's the first one and the second they ought to try to serve him as long and as best you can and that's where i might be able to help them with their health and things like that, to be a better Christian. There are a lot of good Christians that aren't fit, but 
I don't think you've reached your fullest potential if you hadn't got fit and eaten right and have good health. What are some typical diseases that you you've had people that you've worked with? Uh, what are some of the more common diseases that people come to you well, with? Well, the biggest one now is cancer. Uh, you know, cancer is just cells growing out of out of order. And so I take the, the cancer patients and put them on all these good nutritional cruciferous vegetables and show them how to eat the right, right food and show them how exercise gets the waste cleans the waste out of the cell and and uh, all these different things that, that can improve their health and we've seen tremendous growth in that area as far as repair now we've had some cancer patients that, that didn't make it and died but we've had a lot of we've even had some stage 4 cancer patients get better mm-hmm. and it's just a miracle It's it's something that I really believe that God answers prayers, too. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and you you said that there were some quasi-scientific studies about prayer and God answering prayer, including one with somebody that didn't know you were praying for them? Yeah, that's what we did. We, we've looked at the cells, and uh, they they have little membrane channels that the food goes in and, and the oxygen and food goes in and the waste and the carbon dioxide has to go out. And we've looked at them and they got little tops. And uh, we've studied these tops. And when they're open, all the oxygen and nutrition is going in and the cell's happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, if if the tops are closed, then we the cells get sick because if they don't get oxygen within within five minutes, they die. And most people are losing fifty to 60,000 cells a day just because of this, just the lack of, of circulation. So what we do is we study these cells, and uh, we wondered if, if prayer would open these little tops to open up to let the food in. And we found... Um, three studies that all three of them had opened, but the one that I really like the best is <laughs> uh, it it opened, and this we prayed for this guy, and it opened, and he didn't know we were praying for him. So, to me, that's God, yeah. and I really believe in God, and I've tried to speak all over the world as far as can science prove God. Well, I can't empirically prove God, but I don't know of any study or any other man that's ever proved there was no God. So I think all the information that I have proves God, and I believe it. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's interested in uh, my knowledge about God, I'd be glad to help them. Okay, so so what you're saying is that, that you have an integration of both the scientific and the spiritual in your treating of people that come to you. Oh, yeah, you got to treat their— uh, You treat the whole person like— Because we're mind, body, and spirit, you know, and uh, I, we've got to treat the, the, the emotions, too, because uh, we've studied people that— 
uh, in their emotions, and we found that when you have a belly laugh, they're the widest these little tops get, and you have more oxygen and so forth going in. Okay. Uh, in these in these cells, so a good belly laugh is good for you. And we also found that other emotions like angry, if you get angry, you're actually shutting the the little tops, and so. It's not good to stay and be angry a long time. And we also, the one that I thought was the worst emotion we can have is fear. Now, that's not the fear of Casper the ghost, but the fear of economic collapse or the fear of your health or divorce, you know, how people are, and just stress in their lives. And uh, so we found that... uh, Fear is the worst emotion that you can have because it kills the cell faster than any other any other emotion that I've found. And fear is always because of a lack of trust in God, that God's in control. Well, you know, it, Gene, it says in the Bible 400 times, it says, fear not. And people are getting away from this, the way the country is today and Everybody's arguing. They hate each other. It's it's. I've been seeing a lot of patients, and I look at their blood, and boy, I can see stress in there. And it's just it's hurting their Americans, hurting their health, because this is not good for us to act like this. And boy, so you can am look, I preaching too much? <laughs> no. You, so, so you can look at uh, a blood sample from somebody and basically diagnose what the issues that person is having? Well, I've been doing it 30 years, and uh, I think I can. I can see severe stress in their body. Uh, I can see the the red blood cells that aren't healthy. You ought to see a red blood cell from, say, somebody like Lance Armstrong, who's, you know, a real good athlete, or or get these real endurance athletes. Their, Their cells are thick. And boy, they got a lot of hemoglobin and oxygen in there. And the number one priority of every cell is to get oxygen because it's got to have energy to push or pull the enzyme to find its substrate. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch how that cell works. You you have mentioned exercise. What kinds of exercises are good? Because we have people in our audience maybe. Um, 20 and below, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, and then there are those of us who are over 60. Is there a different type of exercise that's that's appropriate for each of them, or are there some that are appropriate for all age groups? Well, here's what I think. I think everybody should do cardiovascular respiratory endurance exercises at least four times a week. Now, it, it all depends on your fitness level. If you're older or you're you're not fit you ought to start off real slow and don't overdo it like everybody does and uh, do that cardiovascular four days a week and if you can ever get to the point where if you're over 60 and you can walk three miles in 45 minutes that's real good that's real good and i think you ought to do muscle endurance uh, exercises three days a week and you can skip a day in between now, if you got a joint and that joint moves, you ought to strengthen that movement. So you need to do weight training. 
Mm-hmm. Look at your hands. Your hands contract and it can get strong, but yet we have horror stories about senior adults that can't open their medicine, you know. Mm-hmm. So strengthen your hands and the grip of your hands, your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder. But what I want everybody to understand is the one that has the most problems is what I call the line. The line goes from the top of your head to your back of your spine, and it should be straight. The number one postural deviation in America is forward head, and their head's forward, and if you have a head tilt, boy, that's the worst thing. You're going to have migraines and headaches. You're going to hurt, and what will happen, it'll bend the spine. You'll have kyphosis or humpback. We've seen a lot of senior adults that have this problem. Mm Uh, the line should be straight down the spine because if it goes to the left or right, it's called scoliosis. If it's way back, it's lordosis. And those hurt. Muscular skeletal problems hurt. And I hate to see people going into their senior years and, God, they're hurting so bad they can't even hardly walk. And I think all that can be prevented if they would keep that line straight. So if you do exercises that keep the line straight, uh, you won't suffer it as much as possible. Then the last one, I think everybody ought to do flexibility. And I'm the one, I also need to do more flexibility. I've run 20-something marathons, and I didn't stretch right, and I'm pretty tight. and. Mm -hmm. I need to, I'm working on it, so I'm just telling everybody I'm trying to. But we need to do flexibility every day. We need to hang from a door or a bar, uh, walk through doors and stretch your arms or sit down on the floor and reach way back, get your shoulders loose, touch your toes, put your knees where you can stretch the muscles in your back. And you won't have all these musculoskeletal mm-hmm. problems with that is besieging the American population. We're the sickest country in the world, and yet we got all the good everything here. Mm-hmm. We got great knowledge, and we're just not doing it. I think I always say I usually close my speech with the only reason you don't serve God. The only reason you don't serve him as long and as best you can, the only reason is because you're lazy. And <laughs> if you look at it, that's probably the reason why you don't feel good is you're not doing fitness and you're not eating the right foods. And and all that plays a big part in how that cell works and the chemistry in that cell. And this is what I'm trying to tell the people is the chemistry and your DNA a is the cause of all illnesses, okay. and it's the cure okay, of now all illnesses. We, you and I talked about foods uh, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, and you talked about genetically modified foods, and then we also talked about uh, fats and, and how much fat someone should eat, whether it's all right to eat a Big Mac or do I have to completely eliminate all the Big Macs out of my life. Would you like to comment on that a little bit? we got about – we probably got about six minutes left in the program okay uh, you know we we need to, there's the nutrition you got to have carbohydrates what what people don't realize there's two type of carbohydrates uh, one is complex and one is uh, sugar or simple and we need about 80 percent complex carbohydrates in our diet and Americans are eating 
about 20 and 80% simple, and that's why everybody's kind of fat in America. We're so, over 40% obese now. What is complex car- population? What is a complex carbohydrate? Kyber, carb, whatever is the word is. Complex carbohydrate. Carbohydrate. Yeah, they're all they're all good carbohydrates. That's things you know, like uh, whole wheat. Uh, you need to eat whole wheat bread. Uh, you need to eat whole wheat oats, whole wheat rice, pasta. Yeah, okay. okay, so whole gra- whole grains. Okay. Yeah, all whole grains are complex carbohydrates. Okay. All right. Then the we we gotta have fat. There's three types of fat. There's polyunsaturated, monosaturated, and uh, saturated fat. And fat makes up 45 percent of the cell membrane. And Americans need to eat about eight percent saturated fat, but we're eating 80 percent saturated fat, and that's why everybody's getting fat. And uh, the it look at this complex carbohydrates. Only four percent of all complex carbohydrates uh, is used for the structure of the cell. The other ninety-six percent of it is to release energy, ATP. And so, if you want to be strong and healthy, you got to eat complex carbohydrates, and you, then you have to have some some fat also. Then you need to de- eat. Protein and what everybody's doing is, we protein has some nitrogen in it, and the number one priority of God's cell is the number one priority is to make energy, because nothing will move unless it's acted upon by an outside force. Isaac Newton told us that. So we we need to eat protein to build structure. And what will happen is, I say God cleaves nitrogen off, and it produces C6H12O6, which is nothing but complex carbohydrates or glucose. Okay. And that's what we got to have for energy. Mm-hmm. You see. So that's very important. Okay. We, we got about three get nine got, amino acids in our diet. We got about three a minutes. Lot of people don't even know that. We got about three minutes left. I want you to talk a little bit about genetically modified food. You said that the DNA in the genetically modified food is different from the no- yeah, there natural foods. There, there are a lot of chemical companies here that have changed the DNA of God's food. Now I have to admit they grow faster and grow bigger, but when I put the genetically modified grain or genetically modified potatoes or fruit or what what all these companies are into here changing and compare god's dna of the food with their dna of the food the chemistry is all off it it doesn't have as many carbons it doesn't have as many hydrogens and oxygens and it the, the immune system sees this and attacks it because it had never seen this before and this is what causing everybody to be so sick is we're having trouble with gluten. We never had trouble with gluten before, but when I study the gluten from the grain that they're genetically modified, it's not the same gluten that God's DNA in the grain is. So I think I think we all need to get back to the 
what God told us to eat. Okay. Well, okay. So we've got a couple of minutes. I want, if somebody wants to contact you or what, what services could you provide for somebody or where is, are there other people that you're trained, have trained or are training that can help people with the types of things that you do and what, what do they look for? How do they go about doing it? Well, if, if you want me to help you, just give me a phone call at 254-756-4624 and get you an appointment, and you come, and I'll test your blood and give you the science spiel here a little bit, and, and I think it'll, you'll enjoy it. Or if you you need to take enzymes, and I think the best enzyme company is Transformation Enzymes, and that's out of Houston, Texas. And you can order enzymes from them if you want to take enzymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think that the enzymes are the, the key to health. And if we don't repair them, the, the DNA with the enzymes, we're, then we're just asking for sickness. Dr. Cooey, I thank you so much for being on the program. I, would you stay on the line for just a few minutes after the program is over? And we'd like to talk to you for just a couple more minutes. I thank you so much, folks, for listening to Red Sea Roundup today. My guest has been Dr. Richard Cooey, and I hope that it's been informational for you. It certainly has for me. And remember, always, when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of earth, remember to round up. Since you Oh